0: Because looking at your monthly profit and loss from QuickBooks is basically useless because really what it does is it factors in deposits received and it doesn't account for jobs completed the payments collected the following month. Your deposits aren't actually revenue earned, um, despite how it gets categorized as revenue in QuickBooks. Because of that, looking at your profit and loss for a month in QuickBooks can be very deceiving. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. I'm Chris Moore, the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the top five KPIs or key performance indicators, if you aren't familiar with uh, the acronym uh, that you should know for your business. There's kind of five metrics uh, that really determine how healthy and prosperous your business is. Uh, And these are to us the most five important ones. Uh, And they will give you kind of data and information both about the short term of your business, but also kind of helping project out the long term side of it. Because we want to make sure you're growing a, a healthy, long-term, profitable, sustainable business, right? Uh, Nobody wants to be a a bottle rocket in business where you pass people once on the way up and then once again on the way down, right? Uh, We want our clients to really focus in on building long-term, solid, foundational, um, growth-oriented businesses that sometimes, you know, it is okay to grow, uh, double each year, year over year, but it can be risky, it can be stressful, it can be a lot, right? And and that is for some people. And it also is not for some other people, right? Uh, there's no right or wrong way to grow a business. But for us, we want to just make sure that even if you're growing quickly, rapidly, year over year, that you're putting the right pieces in place and, and have a good foundation to grow long term sustainably on uh, wherever it is that you're trying to grow your business. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. All right, so we get asked a lot about the key metrics that business owners should kind of use to analyze their business Uh, because there's so many different numbers, reports, things you can look at. It's easy to get overwhelmed looking through all this stuff, right? Or you hear something, a lot of different podcasts, and you're like, oh, is that something I should be worrying about? Uh, and maybe it is, right? Maybe there are, there are definitely probably a, a few things beyond this that would be helpful in business, um, right? But we want to try to kind of break it down and simplify it and say, no, these are the most impactful things to do in your business, right? Uh, we talked, you know, on the episode on the podcast before about like the one thing by Gary Keller, like, how can we break this down into like the most important things in business, right? And so we want to kind of simplify that, not to say that you shouldn't look at anything else. You shouldn't occasionally look at some additional things. Again, I could give you a list of probably three to five more things that I would suggest. Um, But these are the five, to us at least, um, the five most important numbers and things you should be looking at on a a daily, week-to-week, month-to-month basis for your business. So number one, the monthly production revenue for your business. And this should be for what did you do the previous month, what are you also on track to do this month? Right? You should always be looking at that. Hey, with the work we have scheduled, with what we've already produced here this month and in the month of October as we're recording this, what are we on pace for? Where are we going to finish the month? Our goal was to do 100,000 in production. We're at, we've already produced 50. Do we have another 50 on the schedule over the next couple of weeks? And if, if not, how do we get there? And if we do fantastic, how do we just make sure we execute on the game plan at that point? Right. So you should always be looking at your monthly production revenue. And it's again, work produced in that month. And again, big projects that span over a couple of months, just again, what was getting produced, what part of that project, what amount, again, we simplify that, right? 20%, 25% a third, two thirds, you know, half, whatever. Um, Keep it simple, but somewhat accurate. And so the reason why we look at it like this, because looking at your monthly profit and loss from QuickBooks is basically useless. I'm just going to be honest. Because really what it does is it factors in deposits received and it doesn't account for jobs completed the payments collected the following month. Your deposits aren't actually revenue earned, um, despite how it gets categories categorized as revenue in QuickBooks. Uh, And so because of that, right? looking at your profit and loss for a month in QuickBooks can be very deceiving. right? Again, you might have finished a $10,000 project on September 30th that you collected payment for on October 1st. Well, guess what? That is technically going into QuickBooks as revenue for October, not in September. So if you're looking at a $10,000 loss in September, it might be because there's a couple projects like that. Maybe, you know, another big thing is you might say, Hey, we actually had a $10,000 profit in September. Well, if you took a $20,000 deposit check for a huge project coming up, that's going to skew the numbers too, right? Like looking at the profit and loss, I don't typically look at it any, like on a, any more of a micro basis, except for quarterly. And then definitely annually, once we get three to four months into the year, right, then you can start kind of looking at numbers. Then a lot of times, whatever deposits you've collected kind of balance out the receivables you may have outstanding. I always look at those two numbers when I analyze the profit and loss, but just looking at how did we do in the month of September? How profitable were we? Really doesn't give you a good, accurate depiction of your business, right? Looking at uh, some of these other things we're going to go through here in just a second will be helpful. So number two, your monthly profitability. Again, as I just talked about, not in QuickBooks, but in going through and putting some numbers together. How much money, Did how much work did we produce this month, right? Again, in this calendar month, how much work got actually produced? Because again, money is made when work is produced in the painting industry, not when money hits your bank account um, as a deposit. So how much work was produced in kind of subtracting out labor, subtracting out materials, you know, subs cost if if you have subcontractors, equipment rental, anything tied to that job as a cost of goods sold, what was the gross profit of our jobs, right? You do want to know what is our profit margin for the month? The, the painting industry as a whole, we typically target 45% or higher. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of our clients shoot for 50%, but 45% is kind of what a lot of people build their business model off of in the painting industry, gross profit after labor material, everything I just mentioned. Uh, but then from there, how do we translate that out into the net profit of the business for that month, right? So we factor in what was your overhead? What was every dollar and penny spent in the business on insurance gas meals um office rent like you know repairs anything spent that month that is not labor materials or anything i just mentioned above um, what was every penny spent in the business that month on those things right and then we factor in you know any overhead salaries right if you have an admin person if you have a um you know estimator production manager anybody on kind of like a salaried overhead position we factor that into it and then we also factor in how much money did you take out of the company right your distributions you know your salary if you're an s corporation uh you know how much money are we putting aside for tax savings right that should kind of get factored in there and we want to see at the end of the month how much money did the company make right? That is a much more depiction, uh, an accurate depiction, I should say, of how profitable your business is than just looking at your QuickBooks profit and loss, right? Um, and, and really what I say is when you break it down, you look at this right after every, every all your overhead salaries, what you took out of the company. And again, I do factor in the tax savings, you know, if you put the five to 10% aside for taxes that we talk about, um, if you put that aside, I mean, technically, that is kind of an expense of the company because you're putting that aside for taxes, right? And so I do want to factor that into it because you should still be profitable after all of those things. Uh, And if you're not, or if you don't like the number or you need to increase it, there's really three things you can do to change that number. Number one, you can increase your production capacity to where you can produce more work during the month. Yes, this will also increase some of your variable costs with labor and stuff too, right? So it's not a direct correlation. Uh, The second thing you can do is increase your production efficiency. Figure out how can we do more work with the same amount of labor and expenses, right? Maybe it's uh, working on the efficiency with your painters on how can they produce jobs a little bit quicker. Maybe it's some tools and equipment you can invest in, upfront investment for long-term benefit, right? Um, Or the third one, and this is the one I don't like, unless it's really unnecessary, is cutting costs. Uh, And and maybe that means your salary or your distributions. I definitely don't like that one, Um, but maybe, yeah, definitely we need to tidy up some expenses for sure, right? I think you should always review that every three to six months. And just say hey what are some things that maybe are just kind of really not necessary we have a subscription we bought and we're not really using it right um so i think that's kind of some ways you should go through so you should know how much money did the company make this month after everything is said and done the third number you should know is what's your closing rate how what is the ratio of estimates you're doing to estimates you're winning and I'm going to break down kind of how we analyze this with people, but you should have a good pulse on that at all times. With the closing rate, kind of like I just mentioned, the profit and loss typically quarterly is the shortest time frame I like to analyze this with. Um, so for all our, all of our clients, we have our, our planning sheet we look at throughout the year that tracks a lot of our a lot of our numbers, right? Monthly production, monthly sales um, estimates completed, jobs sold. I'll get into that here on the next point. And, and we have the quarter quarterly closing rates so we have the annual one and then we look at it on a quarterly basis the reason why is kind of same thing we just mentioned with the the um, deposits and, and production and, and collections with profitability and revenue you're going to do an estimate on september 30th that is not going to close and they're not going to book with you until say october 5th right And so that's gonna go down as an estimate done in the month of September, but it's a job sold in the month of October, right? There's gonna be a lag there with that. Um, It's impossible, it's very hard to track it otherwise. If somebody has a great system for that, please let us know. Um, But it makes it very hard to kind of track, okay, you know, this estimate was done in September and it was closed in October, but we're gonna just count it as a job closed in September. Like it gets really confusing, right? So there's always gonna be a lag. So if you're looking at your closing rate month to month, it may not be super accurate because you might do 20 estimates in the month of August and a lot of them don't make that decision until September, right? So your closing rate looks awful in August, but it looks great in September. Maybe you're even at a spot, I've seen this before with some of our clients, where say you do 20 estimates in the month of August and uh, you know you close a few of them, but then you close like eight or 10 more in September, And maybe in September you sell a decent amount on the spot. You might actually have more jobs sold in the month of September than estimates you actually did. On for larger companies, this doesn't typically happen. But for smaller companies, maybe only doing seven to ten to fifteen estimates a month to hit your goals, that might actually be a reality. We've seen it happen time and time again. So if you're looking at it just on a month-to-month basis, you look at August and you're like, "Man, we only closed say 20% of our estimates." but then you look at September and you're like, we closed 120% of our estimates. Like it doesn't really make sense, right? So we wanna kinda average it out in a short-term basis. Um, If you make a change with something, with your estimate process, with your pricing, with anything, we always recommend like log the date of that when you made those changes and then track the following 90 days of new estimates completed um, to kinda determine the effect that that has on your closing rate overall. you know, we kind of look at a couple of general rules of thumb. If you're closing at eighty percent or more, typically your pricing is way too cheap. Um, it, at that point, people are buying because your pricing is good. Maybe you're giving them a great value, a great experience, but your price is so good that people are like, "This is a no-brainer. We're getting a great product and a great person and a great company for a great price. Like it's a no-brainer, right?" Uh, so if you're eighty percent or more, typically you're too cheap. Um, if you're less than I say 40 percent. Um, you're just not being efficient with the leads that you're getting now i do think it's important to look at this closing rate a little bit more micro um, you should be looking at the the overall one right the quarterly one but you also want to look at it by marketing source right um, how what is the closing rate we have on um, leads we get from facebook from google from our local sherwin williams store from networking from repeat business, from referrals, right? All the different categories that you do. And really what we look at is, you know, if you're closing, a, say, a third of your jobs from Facebook, Sherman williams Google, I feel like that's kind of a little bit more typical, right? Um, yeah, again, we would love to see that still at 40 to 50%, but if it's a little bit less than those numbers, that's okay, right? Because then you're typically closing your organic ones, your referrals, repeat business network, BNI, those things at probably 70 to 80%. So it's going to average out to be about 50. So you might look at your closing rate, it's 50. Fantastic. That doesn't mean you're going to close 50% of the leads you get from Facebook or 50% of the referral repeat business you get. It's going to kind of fluctuate based on those metrics, right? So just keep that in mind, again, that we want the overall average to be between 40, 60, 65%, uh, typically no more than 70, unless you're just really good at sales, constantly booking up um, and in a good spot. The fourth KPI that you should look at after closing rate is how much work are we selling each month, dollar value wise? Um, Again, we should kind of break this down into, uh, you know, kind of say some subcategories, right? As I said, that list of a few other things, you know, how many estimates did we actually complete in the month and how many jobs did we actually sell? just to make sure if you hit your sales goal, it wasn't because you sold one monster project, right? Uh, But really, truly, we want to make sure that you're selling enough work in this month to produce in the next month at the minimum lowest cycle. Ideally, we'd love for your sales this month to be scheduled for, say, December or January, right, as we're here in October. But at minimum, we want to make sure we're hitting our sales goal this month so we have enough work to produce next month, right? Again, it never works perfectly like that. You may sell a job now for December, but just as kind of a blanket spot, we want to make sure your sales... Do- the dollar value of your sales is, is staying ahead of what your production goals are for the upcoming months. The last KPI, this is a big one for us. This is a, a question we ask all of our clients every every month, every two weeks when we meet with them. Is how far out are you guys booked right now? Right, because that also kind of directs our, our our coaching conversation with them based on what's most important right now. But how far out are you scheduling work? I think this is a probably. You know, you listening to this, you may say, yeah, Chris, I know we need to track our sales. We need to track our revenue. We need to track all these things. But this hopefully is probably one that's a little bit more uncommon. But to me, it's one of the biggest ones out there um, because this tells us where are we at in the business and how far out are we really scheduling work? If we're scheduling out two weeks, we need to really make a marketing push. We really need to make a sales push. We need to invest in some marketing. We need to do something right if we're booking out six to eight to 10 to 12 to 16 weeks, then marketing and estimating and sales isn't as big of an issue as maybe the finances, as recruiting, as expanding our capacity, as increasing efficiency, right? It, it really will determine what you need to work on in your business. And then also obviously looking ahead into the slower season. And so for us, we wanna make sure, you know you can kind of look at this in a couple different ways. If you have an in-house team of people, W2 employees, um you know you want to see okay how far out are we booking with the the people we have right if we have 5 employees I always say 35 hours a week, just as kind of an average, right? And if, if at 35 hours a week, how many hours worth of work do we have sold and how far out does that put us in the schedule, right? Or if, you, if you're like me, I always, every time a job was sold, I put them in the schedule somewhere, even if I didn't communicate that to the homeowner yet, um, you know, especially if I knew they were flexible, even I just put it somewhere so I knew where the next job was going after that. And then I could kind of, you know, play Tetris and move things around um, as needed once we got closer to that six week mark. But I would always see, you know, you should have a know in your schedule, either hours booked out or on the actual physical schedule, how far out you guys are. This is why I like estimating based on the hourly method, because I think it sets this part of your business up well um, for success, right? If you know, hey, we estimated 100 hours for this project, you know that that, you know, with Two painters, they should knock that out in about a week to maybe an extra day or two, right? So you can kind of schedule it appropriately. Um, You can see that when you book that, when you break that down, right? So you should always know how far out you're booking. If you have an in-house team, makes it super easy, especially if you estimate based on how many hours projects are going to take. If you have subcontractors, this gets to be a little bit harder. What we are finding with a lot of clients that are, you know, 100% sub-based is you should have a, a weekly benchmark of this is how much work we need to produce. And I think it's a great idea to always make sure you have three to four w- weeks worth of work at that amount, and that amount should be you know, a good profit for you for the month, right? Um, kind of working the numbers backwards uh, to make sure that you're hitting that. And then if you're constantly at that point and you have you know, obviously a deadline that needs hit by somebody and you have a sub crew that can knock it out, then do it, right? I'm not talking about somebody that, hey, we need this done in two weeks. But outside of that, um, once you're past that four-week mark, uh, six weeks is ideal security, but it seems like with the submodel, four weeks is kind of the the mark here. Once you're at that four-week mark consistently, you've got fresh leads coming in, estimates being done, pending estimates in the pipeline, then you can kind of start to balloon up that production. The biggest issue we see with a lot of people that run the submodel is it's a roller coaster, right? They produce a ton of work over a week or two, and then they don't have anything for a couple of weeks, right? So I like the consistency, um, you know, and if you ever drop lower than four weeks, then you revert back to that minimum weekly mark. Um, you know, we have a client right now in Florida that we kind of had said, okay, the goal is you need to hit consistent $10,000 weeks. And then once you get those four weeks booked up, uh, you know, on the schedule, then we can start having that conversation of, okay, hey, next week, we're going to actually do $15,000, right? That's when uh, the fund starts. That's when the extra money starts rolling in, right? We have their their business model set up on the $10,000 a week to be profitable. And then when you start doing the extra work, that's when you start really getting ahead and stacking up chips, right? Uh, there's a blackjack analogy, but I'm not going to go into that because um, that would take me way too long. And if you're not a gambler, it's not, Relevant. So anyways, that's when the fun starts to happen, right? But we need to have those minimum goals. So if you run the sub model, you need to know what that number is. And then you kind of identify it based on that um, a little bit more so on how far out you're booking, right? Because again, if you're two weeks at that mark, it's a much different story than if you're Four weeks with more stuff coming in, and you can start kind of ballooning up that production in the meantime. And again, if it ever dwindles down, revert back to that minimum number unless things have changed in your business personally. So, um, the goal of having these five KPIs is to have a scoreboard or a place to look at this data on a on a you know again frequent basis, right? Some of these things you want to look at daily. Some of these things you want to look at weekly. Some of these things maybe monthly. Obviously, you know the the monthly cash flow. Uh, The monthly production, again, you should always be looking at what are we on pace to do this month, right? So that should be a daily thing you look at or every other day. But you want to figure out how to have this in front of you, whether it's something built into your, your estimating platform, your CRM, whether it's something that you build in Google Sheets, there should be a place that you can go and look at this data. Um, And again, if you have questions on any of that, reach out to us, let us know. I'm happy to set up a call um, with myself or one of the members of our amazing team uh, to kind of walk you through and help you with that. So I hope it was helpful. Uh, I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. And I look forward uh, to what we have to share next week on our episode. Have a good day. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have questions from today's episode or would like more information on how we help our clients, visit us online at www.elitebusinessadvising.com to schedule a free business analysis meeting. If you're a painting contractor, be sure and check out our Elite Business Academy on there too. We have a systematized program designed to help you treat your business like a business. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you automatically get the newest episode every Tuesday morning. And lastly, my ask of you is if you found that our podcast to be beneficial, we'd love to hear from you by giving us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will organically help us reach other business owners all over North America to help them in their business. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.